Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Tonight, it's Ian Beagles Mountaineer and the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Captain, you and I had the same story here tonight. We always do our own show prep independently. And then, Oregonaho? And then. Uh, or Idaho, Oregon. Well, they haven't decided yet. Uh, but I think they're just going to stick with Idaho if they can, make, if they can pull this off. <laughs> And that is the Ida greater Pimp. greater Idaho movement, as it has been called, which we've we've covered here. <laughs> I've had one of those after eating too many potatoes, <laughs> which we've covered here uh, some number of times. It's seems like it's relatively recent, but it's gotten a lot of headway. And this is the concept. Also, wait a minute, wait a minute. Greater Idaho movement. Yeah, as in like, they're making Idaho bigger, or are they making it greater? Like, as in Maybe. more great than Great Britain, for example? I guess it could be interpreted that way. You know? We're uh, not just Idaho. We're the greater Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially a, not a not entirely secession movement, but kind of. It's, it, it's like a... It's like a merger movement. It's a redraw, essentially. Yeah. They wanna they wanna change the boundaries from where Idaho currently is and move the line west, uh, essentially, and uh, shrink Oregon down. Take over a bunch of eastern Oregon, which more resembles I, when I was on the west coast. Like the coast itself, where the mountains start and then all the way to the ocean, mm-hmm. is like one area. Like culturally, uh, meteorologically, right, weather wise, that kind of thing. And then once you get east of the mountains, it's basically the Midwest until you get to, uh, I don't know, like Pennsylvania or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole stretch has like four seasons and all that stuff, whereas everything in the mountains, the the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Seattle, Washington area, Tacoma, that kind of stuff, and then Western Oregon as well. Uh, I think they should just like Western Oregon and Eastern Washington should become one state and then as this particular western and western washington western washington western oregon okay you said should, eastern washington should, sorry should okay. merge and become one state and then yep. eastern washington and eastern oregon should probably join idaho as yeah. like greater idaho i wouldn't whatever. be surprised if there was a uh, movement to secede eastern washington as well i just haven't heard about like that even one. politically those areas are divided like you wouldn't believe you mm-hmm. you get on the east side of the mountains in either Washington or Oregon, and everybody's a little more righty mm-hmm. right, than, than they are on you know the western side of the mountains. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard of a movement to secede from the rest of Washington from uh, from the ones on the uh, the flat side of the mountains because they're like, oh, no, they're, they're California over there. We yeah. are not California over here. Yeah, uh, and if that is a movement, I would love to hear what that one's called. But for now, we do know about the Greater Oregon Movement, which again proposes to... Greater Idaho Movement? uh, Sorry, Greater Idaho, which proposes to move uh, the border of Idaho to encompass roughly a dozen or so counties. And apparently they've now hit their 12th county, and that's the news of the day. Uh, These counties have been voting, so that's the thing. This isn't just like... You know, some radical guys yeah, talking it's about not just a proposal. Yeah. It's not a bunch of politicians getting together, or even one not just holding to, meetings, right? Yeah. So, do you want to share uh, your story, Captain? You have it from the yeah. This is from IdahoStatesman.com. Greater Idaho movement claims twelfth Oregon County to vote in favor of moving the state line after Tuesday night's special election in Oregon. The long shot Greater Idaho movement has claimed victory in 12 eastern Oregon counties despite results not being finalized as of Wednesday morning. 
The movement's proposal calls for 14 full counties in eastern Oregon to move to Idaho, as well as the eastern side of a number of other counties in central Oregon. Wallowa County, located in the northeast corner of the state and bordering both Idaho and Washington state, voted on the ballot question requiring county commissioners to discuss the possibility of moving the Idaho-Oregon state line westward. Hmm. As of 1 p.m. Boise time, May 17th, 3,421 people had voted on the measure with 50.3% voting in favor. If you just look into libertarianism philosophy uh, or anarchist philosophy, you know, why the state is evil, right? Why it's a horrible idea to organize people using violence and coercion and force. Um, you know, the answers are forthcoming. Yeah. You don't have to remember anything. You don't have to become learned in a certain way. Or It's just like, oh, it makes sense. It's logical. Now we just apply it, and now you have all your answers. Yeah, it's not something like uh, Marxist philosophy where you have to learn, oh, well, this is the definition of the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat. No, no, no. The thing about liberty philosophy, it is always categorized by a loss of other ideas. Like, you have these other ideas getting in the way of simple logic. Yeah. Like, when you are a child, you will automatically think in relatively logical ways about physical reality. And then all of these ideas can get in and change that and keep you from thinking in logical ways and indoctrinate you. Yep. Now, when you lose that indoctrination, if, for example, you are fed this idea of the world is this way and that relies on this verifiable fact and you try to verify that fact and it just ain't so. So now you have to sort of remake your world, which is, you know, it, it's a very time and energy intensive process mm-hmm. and it's very risky. But if you have to, then you have to. Now, once you once you have to, your default setting, your childlike knowledge setting of physical reality and logic will start to kick in. And if you go from there, it always leads to liberty. Yeah. And the, the weird thing is uh, sometimes one of the knocks I hear about you know libertarians as, as a group is that uh, you know they're they're totally nerdy and and they come off as as know-it-alls and like well that's not true right like people might take it that way but what libertarians are mostly is correct right <laughs> factually correct like mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding I'm like, not a know-it-all I'm correct <laughs> well they're they're technically correct which is the best kind of correct mm. right to be technically correct i don't know man libertarians are wrong about a lot of stuff I yes, mean, just absolutely. look at them right now absolutely. right now there's a bunch of libertarians but, who should know better who are completely falling for a bunch of politicians but and it's compared gross. compared to republicans mm-hmm. and democrats right if you look at you know what libertarians are saying Hey, like in general, there are issues, yeah. of course, where everybody has their differences and stuff. But when they stick to speaking, principles, when they stick to principles like the non-aggression principle, mm. uh, they come out technically correct. And so and that's what sort of annoys the rest of the world sure. about libertarians is that, OK, here's a bunch of high IQ people who might not be the most socially functioning uh, human beings on planet Earth, but they've done the thinking. Let's go to somebody that is a big fan of independence. Uh, he's Dave Ridley on the line here tonight. Now, Dave, Ridley. you were you were on hold at the beginning of the show, so you didn't know we were going to talk about this topic. I don't know why you were calling in, but what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, that's great about Idaho. Uh, but we, you know, I, I wasn't going to talk about that. But you know, it's interesting. We actually sort of have a Greater New Hampshire movement. Also, if you remember, in two thousand and three, uh, county or not? 
town in Vermont tried to secede to New Hampshire. Yeah, Killington, Vermont. I don't know if I would call that a movement in that I haven't heard anything about it since 2003. So if, you, if you've if you gone 20 years without making any headlines, yeah. I don't know if you can really call that a movement. But it was an interesting story because, if I recall correctly, Killington is landlocked. It is not a border town with New Hampshire. So the idea mm-hmm. that it was a, it's a ski town. And they're sick and tired of all the Vermont taxes or regulations or whatever. And the ski town said, you know what, we'd like to vote uh, to uh, to move to, you know, become New Hampshire, like this little island of New Hampshire in the middle of Vermont, which would have been amazing if it right. happened. And I don't remember, I don't think it ever went to a vote. I think it was just, you know, something people talked about. But it did make headlines, though. Yeah, it went pretty far in their governmental system. I don't remember uh, I, the New Hampshire government got involved. And, and, uh, I think the governor of New Hampshire uh, supported it uh, in some form of fashion. But anyway, yeah, I suspect uh, the I want... government of Vermont did not support it. <laughs> that was the end of it. <laughs> right. But guess what? No one shot anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were not 750,000 people killed or anything like you can You can have an independence drive <laughs> and, and everybody right. still gets along afterwards. But um, uh, but I was talking I was talking about something, going to talk about something else. Go ahead. The, um, I, over the years, I've had this, you know, this kind of passion for, and I haven't really done enough with it, but I have this passion for, you know, we really need to have, we need to have somebody speak at Forkfest or at Liberty Forum who really, like, everybody does a double take, you know, uh, or, uh, all the eyebrows go up and the government can't stand it and the, the, authority, the authoritarians are freaking out that we're having this person speaking. Um, so, you know, I, 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 originally I thought, well, we need we need a, we need a, like a for, we need a president like a president of Estonia, like a country that is defeated or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, we're getting closer. Uh, we we have uh, they they have achieved for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Apparently, a member a key member of the Kennedy clan is now on board with the Free State Project to some extent. Well, I mean, this is the thing I was referring to earlier. There's a bunch of libertarians out there that are getting all excited about these politicians you mean republicans no not even republicans <laughs> uh, this guy's a democrat in this particular case but there are some that are I'm, getting excited I'm about just saying republicans. These, these libertarians are acting like republicans and getting excited about this candidate now, how are they acting like republicans if they're excited about a democrat republicans candidate? probably wouldn't be excited about about rfk he's well, a democrat but, but because he supports the small limited government no no he doesn't no? that's the thing I, that's what's going on here is these libertarians who should know better than to be, uh, you know, under the spell yeah. of a politician who shouldn't libertarians know better than the average person that politicians are lying scum and you cannot believe a word that they say. One would hope so. Right. No, but apparently not. Yeah. All they How have dare to do, these libertarians sacrifice their principles in order to not get blown up by a nuclear weapon? All, How dare they? All they have to do is... These politicians just sing a little song that sounds a little bit libertarian on one issue, and these libertarians just start getting all hot and bothered. Oh, my God. If that issue is avoiding nuclear war with Russia, then maybe it's worth it, Ian. Oh, is that what his issue is? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, because he's disarming people at Porkfest who want to come see him speak. Okay. So stop telling me that the guy is he's a not, libertarian. Okay, that, that's, that's, right? that is not what he's, that's not what he's doing. He's not allowing them to be armed at his event okay. at Porkfest. He's disarming he's not, anyone that wants to come He's not saying you can't be speak. armed at Porkfest, which right. is what you're- I didn't you're say impl- he said that. You I said, said he's, he's disarming anyone at Porkfest. at Porkfest who wants to, to hear him speak. That is what I said. While they're at his event. Who wants to hear him speak, right? If you want to hear him speak, you got to go to his event. 
right? So yeah, if you want to go in there, it's security not like he's going to be camping next to me. Security agents are going to disarm you in order to uh, to do that. But yet there's somebody online uh, just uh, within the last 24 hours who was, was saying, "Oh my God, he said that." Wow, he said he'd consider a pardon for Ross Ulbricht. Oh, wow, that's so exciting. Else. Yeah, people get these political boners for these guys every now I and again. just don't understand I- it. So Captain had brought up like, oh, well, the, the Democrats become anti-war when they're not in power. And it's like, well, wait a second. When Trump was in power, they didn't start becoming anti-war. They it's were true. super anti-Trump, but they were nowhere near anti-war. I miss no, the they, anti-war they were, they were proposed or they the were. The ones that I knew were all like, you know, well, that's fine. What was fine? Like war. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. during Trump, Trump point, I think yeah. your point is during Trump, when Trump was actually doing things like withdrawing troops from Afghanistan, the left was mad about it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stay in Afghanistan. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And, and frankly, the, uh, whereas I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, I just yeah. want the listeners to have like the full scope of my thought here. It's that I lived amongst the, the lefts out there on the left coast. And right. so uh, what I saw was like, I always sort of had this low-level respect for, like, the hippie types and folks who come, you know, from from that sort of a culture where it's, you know, it's a little more free, right? Hippies tend to be freedom-oriented. Right. Uh, and they were always anti-war. And then, like, as they grew up and, like, got jobs and, you know, went out into the world and made something out of themselves or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, like, somehow it got all demented and warped and they were no longer fundamentally uh, against war, so it seemed, uh, and it seems to change, at least according to my experience, of whenever they're not in power. And, and that's to say that if a Republican holds the presidency, then the Democrats suddenly aren't as anti-war as they were before. Well, that that has been the case a lot of the time. But I, I think that what happened was Obama did the most drone striking of any president mm. was, I, I mean, as much of he a made war a hawk as joke. W. Bush by any metric. He made a freaking joke at his fundraiser about his daughter dating. And uh, I sat down with a young man. I had two words for him. I said, predator drone. So he threatened like a 13-year-old oh, wow. kid with a Predator drone. Now mm-hmm. he says, oh, it was uh, a joke. Uh, 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 yeah. Right? And like, okay, maybe it was. But still, you're the president of the largest empire planet Earth has ever seen. And you mm-hmm. think it's okay to make mm-hmm. a joke about drone striking your daughter's first boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Wow. And and the fact that this is the first black president means that Sicko. he can do no wrong. And since mm-hmm. one of the big feathers in his cap is getting bin Laden. So, okay, well, that is our guy. That is who we define our tribe by. So, okay, I guess we're war tribe now. Yeah. And and since the left has become such a warlike tribe, that can no longer be a way of identifying yourself on the right. Yeah. So the Republicans have like pulled back from being so war oriented and such war hawks for the moment. For yeah. the moment. Yeah. Well, and and ten ish years ago, maybe more, when I started sort of looking at you know investigating where I am politically in relation to everybody else and discovering, well, I'm I'm nowhere. That's why well, I'm an anarchist. Uh, but like I discovered that the Republicans and the Democrats used to have opposite stances than they do today. So mm-hmm. over the course of time, you know, if you had a set of principles or a set of beliefs mm-hmm. and you lived through this time, you would have, you know, gone through this sort of flippening of 
political alignments. That doesn't happen with libertarianism because libertarianism is logic based. It's right. it's fil- its philosophy is principle based. And when you have principles, you don't have this flip flopping of ideals and stuff like that. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, the only thing that changes with libertarianism is which part of liberty we focus on. Right. So, like, uh, I'm very much of the opinion that uh, that the the open borders in the sense of like you can you know pass these imaginary lines if someone wants you somewhere and all of that like if if someone wants you working here you have every right to get there i agree however i think that is a a a crown jewel that we can only achieve after we get rid of a whole lot of parts of state let's get back into the independence movement here captain i was asking you earlier if your story from the idaho statesman does not doesn't uh, have any comments anything from uh they they didn't like interview anybody specifically well i got one here from the afp that was reporting a little earlier this week on the secession movement there in oregon again for those just tuning in we're talking about what's called greater idaho the idea being that why didn't they go further why did they call it greatest idaho Maybe that's coming later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can't skip over greater before We you might have greatest. an even greater Idaho. <laughs> so, uh, according to the story here at uh, Yahoo News and the AFP, they interviewed a 64-year-old retiree, seven or was this, Debbie Price, and she is from Eastern Oregon. She is part of the local movement that wants to redraw the region's map so they can secede to join the more conservative uh, neighboring state of Idaho. She said, there's a lot more freedom in Idaho than there is here, said the legal assistant who traveled across the state border to remarry during the pandemic at a time when weddings were banned in Oregon. Among her list of grievances with Oregon are impending restrictions on carrying firearms. It's decriminalization of the use of drugs... I thought she wanted more freedom. Well, anyway, uh, it's pro-choice stance on abortion and its support for LGBTQ rights. So once again, these are right-wingers. These are Republican types who they have a certain vision of what freedom means. And certainly I agree with them on guns, right? Mm-hmm. Like you absolutely should have a right to defend yourself. But if you believe in the freedom to possess the thing known as a gun... Why don't you also believe in the freedom to possess a thing known as a drug? I mean, this seems like a basic concept that just completely goes over the head of these uh, Republican types. We can't let them have drugs. Price uh, blames all these on the woke agenda, as she says, radiating out from Portland, the progressive metropolis in the northwestern state's coast. She said, maybe I'm old fashioned. I want things to stay like they are. She said, who is a devout Christian and touted Idaho's ban on abortion. She says, I'm not anxious to move forward and try and be what the world is going towards these days. So that's a little bit of an opinion here. Those are the people we're talking about. Those are the people that live on the eastern side of Oregon. And there's a strong argument that they just don't belong in the progressive styled Oregon, right? Like, and, and in the, if you go to yeah. the Greater Oregon, yeah. or sorry, Greater Idaho website, they explain that the reason why the people on the left would support Greater Idaho is because why wouldn't the people on the left want to get these people out of their hair? Right. right. Yeah. Right. So like, as far as when you want to redraw state boundaries, you got to get both sides to agree, right? So mm-hmm. Oregon state yep. government has to agree. Idaho state government has to agree. But everybody wins from this particular proposal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. All of the state uh, changes that you would like to make as a lefty, they will no longer slow you down at all. You go full speed ahead into socialism. Right? You can go hard progressive and be effective at it, and you won't have all these fuddy-duddies on the other side of the mountains. And then eventually, when the fuddy-duddies on the other side of the mountain uh, you know, remain alive because everybody on the left side of the mountain dies of communism, uh, then they can just take back over the left the left side. <laughs> Signs demanding to, quote, move Oregon's border, sit alongside Trump 2024 placards in the vast rolling plains of the small corner of America, which has less than one person per square mile. Yeah. And and I get your, your frustration with having something like uh, making drugs illegal put under the banner of liberty, of freedom. That's mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah. Or, or to have these candidates called libertarians when they're not. Which is why it's frustrating to see libertarians currying favor with the with the right i mean during the whole covid thing there was a lot of working together with people on the some of the people on the right who were correct on the issue of you know civil disobedience against mandates and things Mm -hmm. like that they are absolutely right about that but those of us who understand the people on the right we know that they're still not truly our allies. They're right. not actually people who believe in freedom. They just want freedom for themselves to live how they want to live. If you're trans, oh, they don't give a yeah. damn that, That's about all you. politics is, whether you're on the left or on the right. It's just your desire to control other people, which yep. you have no right to. And this is why politics is horrible. This is why it's insane. This is why it's filled with violence. And this is why it's filled with liars and cheaters and thieves. And all the bad things you can think that people ever do become institutionalized in this organization of violence and coercion. Yeah, and people need to realize that there's a difference between being libertarian and having a libertarian stance. But, uh, uh, Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live calling from Michigan. Michigan, go ahead. Yeah, if these guys get this any kind of close to fruition, the Democratic Party is going to fight it tooth and nail. Why? Just, just, I said the Democratic Party will fight this. I heard thing. what you yeah, said. Why? why would they do that? Because of Libertaria. They control all the populace along the coast. Therefore, they control the whole state. They don't want to lose the electoral college votes. That and the tax basis for the states, too, is going to come into play with all this. So oh, you're saying the not, National Party will fight it because they'll... I'm going to go on with this. Sorry, God? Um, no, no, I got another political hot potato. All right, well, hold on, hold on. Right. You're... Oh, so you're saying the National Party will fight this because they don't want to lose the Electoral College votes, even, though the, even though the state uh, Democrats will probably be all in favor of it? That's kind of what I'm thinking, but well, I, don't they, think the so, I don't think the Democrats in the state are going to be all in favor of it either because they don't want to lose the tax revenue. That, that's mm. what I'm saying. Like, you have to have people to steal tax money from. Mm. And so if the people who want to steal most or tax money the most, the left, uh, you know, sort of don't have a whole bunch of people to steal from, mm. where are they going to get their money? That is a problem. You'd rather steal from than the people you don't even like on the other side of the mountain. True, and you could argue that a lot of the people on the right maybe are more likely to have their own businesses, maybe a little more productive. Oh, the right's just the same, except on the other side. They they would also like to control... Uh, everybody and they have would, everybody but they know they can't. Preference. They know they can't win in Oregon. They are outnumbered, yep. outvoted by the people on the left. So I mean, there there is an yeah. argument to say that some people on the left would want to keep uh, their their you know 
sucking the blood or the mm. uh, the energy, yeah. the money out of the people who are on the right, and they wouldn't want them to go away because yep. then they wouldn't be able to live off of them. But right. on the other hand, you know, it is an annoyance to have to fight constantly over the things that you want to pass at the state level. And if the Republicans are gone from the state house, largely then it will be completely Democrat-controlled. There's no chance the Republicans would stand in the way or stop a vote on something, and they'd be able to move it forward. I don't know. I yeah. think it's I think it's interesting. Yeah, they're, they're similar but uh, distinct motivations here, right? So the, the left wants to hold on to the people on the right because that's who they're getting their money from. Mm-hmm. Right. And the right wants to hold on to the people on the left because that's who they want to order around. Right. Like, uh, sure. you know, you'd have people calling in like, no, this is our country and I don't want I want to be able to tell them what to do. Like sure. everyone's like, no, this is ours. We need to take it back. And what they really mean is. I want to be able to tell these people to stop doing these things that they want to do. Yep. Whether it be gay, get gay, gay married mm-hmm. or smoke marijuana. Exactly. Whatever that That's exactly it. So even though, you know, they're the ones who have the money, they have this desire to tell these people in the cities mostly what to do with their lives, not to get gay married, not to do all these drugs and we will kidnap you if you do. And uh, and and on yep. the other hand, the people on the people who are running the cities, they realize that they don't have any productivity there. The fundamental lesson here for those people listening or maybe new to this show is that humankind needs to get over the desire to tell other humans what to do. You don't get that right. Well, I mean, to and, the- to, and to steal their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they, obviously these are people who haven't per se gotten over that, but at least the people in the greater Idaho movement have gotten over the idea that they can, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to do it in Oregon, at least. that right. They've given up. They say, you know what, it would make more sense if we could just live somewhere around more people that are like us. Wait, if Idaho gets greater, does that mean we get more and better potatoes? <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, what else, Major? Well, evidently, there's a congresswoman down from Georgia, and she started uh, impeachment proceedings against Biden. Or, yep, Biden. I'm for sure what? that'll go nowhere. For what? Um, His handling of the Mexican border debacle. Yeah, impeachment. What does that even what mean? Was, I mean he, what was his handling of the Mexican border He's done the exact border? same I, I, thing I that Trump did. did wrong. This, this was just a quick <laughs> news blip I heard. It it's just a head. conservative talking point. I mean, yeah. that's... I'm sure you're talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's the Georgia uh, rep that everybody talks about. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, she's just (laughs) she's an ultra right Trump uh, supporting person. Yeah, it's just political circuses. That's all it is. I mean, Biden has been cracking down on immigration just like Trump did. Mm -hmm. Okay, they they continue to separate children from families. They continue to send peaceful people back into uh, to Mexico who could help us here by working hard bringing prices down by working hard and all that uh and and there's no bit there's been no change that uh, that joe biden has brought into play and i think the first president i remember like as a small child was carter and like i knew nothing about politics and was too young to even like comprehend what was going on and uh, reagan was was next mm. and i think including reagan i think impeachment was mentioned for every president during my life at some point Somebody was like, oh, we're going to try and impeach him for that and impeach for that and impeach him. And so, like, it's a completely, it's like crying wolf. Well, I guess Major is saying she's filed some papers or whatever. So, I mean, maybe that's yeah. because 
the Congress is Republican now. Well, so. they are bureaucrats and They must mm-hmm. have forms just laying around. Well, and I honestly well, don't care. What I would care about, even knowing that it wouldn't go anywhere, if she filed for, say, you're a war criminal who is violating the Geneva Convention presently, mm-hmm. that would be interesting. But, but no. of course, she can't do that no. because that might tie the hands of Republican candidates from being war criminal. Let's talk to the situation. He is actually calling from Oregon, and uh, I know you were calling about immigration tonight, the situation, but I did ask you off the air if you've been aware of this whole uh, greater Idaho movement. You live in western Oregon, so it may not be something that is too concerning to you, but has there been any buzz at all You know, amongst friends or coworkers? Are people talking about this that you've heard? Well, first of all, uh, I want to give out a shout out to my buddy uh, uh, Ricky from the Commonwealth, um, <laughs> the the Confederate Libertarian. Uh, no, no, he's not a Libertarian. No, he calls himself a Confederate Democrat. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah. Sorry, thank the you. The Confederate for Democrat. Me. Yep. Some hello and I love him, and that's awesome. It's very nice. Of we you. got into. What was it that, uh, but your your thoughts on the whole greater Idaho, are you hearing anyone uh, talking about that? Is there a discussion amongst friends, well, water cooler talk? There, there's, uh, I don't know how many counties are in the state. There's well over 30 counties. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, major counties that basically run the state that get all the votes on the left side that control everything, the supermajority are... Portland area, Salem, the capital area. I don't know the capital or the county names. It's the and big cities, right? Eugene, which are the bigger cities. They mm-hmm. run the state. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the rest of the state, the other 30 counties or whatever, the majority of the state is pretty red. And a lot of Espanolas in Oregon. And so they're obviously conservative. And I don't think the Democrat-type people – or any political party really realizes how uh, conservative the Espanolas are in the, in Oregon. What is an Espanola? So I don't know if they're a part of. I don't know if they're a part of the. Are you are you referring know. to Spanish speaking individuals? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they do the tend to have part. a conservative uh, viewpoint. A lot of uh, migrants are Catholics. What a, la, Latinas. You know, mm-hmm. um, OK, yeah, but it it's, sounds- it's part of why it's so strange to see the the rallying on the right about uh, the border is because, like, guys, they're Christian and they vote that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. yeah, the right well, just is totally screwing the uh, the, the whole immigration thing up. They could have huge support. Other, there's a whole nother argument with that. The, the, you know, the immigration thing. Um, that's just a side note there. Um, but I mean. Uh, you're getting way too many people in here versus the resources we have to support them. What do you mean too many people? I mean, the story we were just reading about Eastern Oregon says there's one person per square mile on average. I'm not, I'm not, I, I didn't mean, I, I, I kind of traveled off to the border issue on that. I'm just saying we're well, not. What do you mean there's too many people? Take that big of an influx at the border. What are you talking about? Uh, there's hardly well, anybody down there. There's hardly anyone in western uh, the western United States. I mean, it's mostly unpopulated, with the exception of because, the cities. Because it's desert and there's no water. Um, that didn't stop know, Las Vegas. 
you might want to travel to the border communities and see what's actually going on. We've actually had uh, Sheriff David Hathaway call in from Santa Cruz County, Arizona. He's a border sheriff, and he's lived there his the whole life. And he's told us what's going on. Is that the only one you've talked to? Uh, he's the only one who actually understands human liberties. So, yeah, I'm not going to waste my time with I, anyone I else. Human liberties as well. But I, I'm just saying, if if that's your only resource, you need to go down there and check it out. Because I've been there, and it's a pretty rough deal. What's rough so, about anyway, it? What's that? What do you mean it's a rough deal? What does that mean? You have people coming across the border with nowhere to go, nothing to do. Well, if they actually have nothing to do, then they'll probably go back home. But that's my entire twenties. But my understanding <laughs> of people coming here is usually they're looking to work, and but, from what I've seen, there's a lot of people hiring. At least around here, they come on up here. They could, you know, as long as there weren't these stupid uh, government rules standing in the way about hiring people from down south, they'd get a job in no time because these are people who largely are willing to work. They do want to work because they want to send money back home to their loved ones uh, in Mexico or wherever, Guatemala. If you want to solve the problem of a bunch of people with nothing to do, get them jobs. But they are not allowed to have jobs in this country because they don't have their paperwork in order. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Let's go to this caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, Matthew. Matthew, you're on the air. Hey, I'm just calling uh, because uh, I think that the immigration debate kind of gets clouded because what what people get uh, frustrated with are are the benefits. And so what, what you have is that the people that are coming here now are claiming asylum, which is different than migration. So with asylum, the federal government will provide you with housing assistance and a, a whole host of benefits that normal migrants don't get. And so what you have is these large groups of people that are migrating across the border to claim asylum to get the benefits that come with that. Um, you can see it most prominently in Maine, mostly with people from uh, Western Africa, um, where there are towns that are maxed out because the federal government basically comes in and buys at hotels to to house the people that are the claiming uh, asylum status um, when when migration is what would be more beneficial because then you wouldn't have all that trail of benefits that comes with the uh, with that asylum status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get uh, get where you're coming from. Unfortunately, you know the federal government still exists, and while they exist, they will likely continue to offer asylum status which is uh, a protection right so these are people who ostensibly are being persecuted in some way shape or form where they're coming from and uh, sort of like uh, edward snowden uh, you know he applied for asylum in russia right as uh, as i understand it to protect him from the united states government and these are people who are who are doing the same thing i mean i don't necessarily think that uh Everyone who needs asylum would necessarily need to have a bunch of handouts. I don't. I, I do find myself wondering what portion of the people who claim asylum are able to work uh, and are willing to work versus those who are taking the uh, the handouts. Do you have any idea? 
Yeah, well, so the thing is that if you say the right words, you can qualify as an asylee. And mm -hmm. so basically, you, you say, like, um, I, I can't be in my home country because I'm being persecuted for, um, usually for Central America, it's usually gangs. Um, so they say, like, I can't stay there because the gangs are threatening my family. And then once you have that hook in, um, you qualify for the benefits that come with, uh, with the asylee status. And, and I think that the the thing that it, what we could fix this with was to go back to, to Mark's blue card, um, where basically, like, you can come here and do whatever you want as long as you promise to never uh, take any benefits. And I think that would quiet a lot of the people like, uh, like the situation. Um, or can I claim asylum right from my own government? Mm, no, unfortunately not. Nice. <laughs> you have to go physically you, you somewhere else. You have to leave and go somewhere else. Yeah, there's this one ever-present gang everywhere I go. We got Steve. He's on the line in Vermont. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight? I was just calling because I wanted to see if you guys had, a, had any advice on how to mentally prepare to go to jail for 10 years to life. I'm 22 years old, and I committed a nonviolent crime, so I'm looking at 10 to life right now. I won't say what it oh is, but I just, I'm trying to get advice to see how I can mentally prepare myself and then also deal with being there. Are I we just talking about state prison? Is this a state prison thing? Federal prison? What are we talking about here? It's going to be federal prison. And is this going to be like maximum security? Is it going to be a minimum security camp? I imagine those are going to be important questions. It's going to be a medium security. Okay. Well, I, having not been to prison... I really don't have much advice. The only thing that I could think of uh, for somebody in that position would be to find a purpose before you go in. Have a have a thought in mind of like what you want your life to be. Are you going to write a book? Are you going to you know what is it that you're going to do? There's there's something that you can do. Find a purpose while you're in there because that will keep you alive. A man can't live fully unless he has a purpose, and so. If you can find one before you go in, have a have a goal in mind. Okay, well, I'm going to be in. This is what I'm going to spend my time doing. Some prisons will have like college classes you can take and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So there's all sorts of things you can pursue. But figure out what that is so that you have a goal in mind as you go in. And that way you won't be as affected by, well, of course, being a prisoner. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to come from on this. I mean, I've only ever been to jail, which is a whole other story. Prison, as I understand it, is very different. Um, but when I went to jail back in 2011 for civil disobedience, I spent 58 days uh, here in the Cheshire County Spiritual Retreat, as we like to call it. Yeah. And uh, I intended to have that be as positive of an experience as I possibly could. And it turned out to be, a, you know, all things considered, I'd have rather been somewhere else, but it wasn't a bad time. It was, uh, you know, pretty decent, all things considered. So I think having your mindset uh, being positive going into it means you'll probably see more of if, you know, whatever good side there is there to be seen if that's what you, you know, kind of meditate on and focus on. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, close? so uh, I, I thought that was a, a great way of, uh, of framing your experience was as a spiritual retreat. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it's sort of like uh, it's like being a refugee. You have to go to a completely different country with a completely and fundamentally different culture. So, like, this is this is a new life for you. And uh, the captain is absolutely correct about, like, having something that is worth doing. So for myself, if I was going to be put in prison, uh, I would probably devote myself to uh, what they call lawfare. 
because you still have certain legal rights and still have the ability to uh, file suits from within the prison. And they have they tend to have a, uh, a, a remarkable amount of access to you know, legal libraries because of people who are still uh, fighting their uh, their uh, sentencing or uh, uh, making an appeals process. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a completely new life, and it's worth uh, seeing it as such. Uh, I will say that, like psychologically, the way that a human being is set up, if you are exposed to whichever level of uh, of existence for a long enough period of time, it becomes your baseline. So you do get used to it, and from institutionalization, that, right, is what they call right. it, right. Uh, well, and and from that baseline, it really comes down to how you choose to perceive the world. So, like, if you are paying attention to what you don't have that you like, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you. But if you pay attention to, for example, hey, I no longer have to pay a single bill for the rest of of my time here. If you no longer pay attention to all of the things that that were stressing you out about your ordinary life that no longer exist if and if you pay attention to the things that you want to do with your life while you're there then that can be a much more positive experience for you let's go to shortwave surfer calling on our sip line at sip.freetalklive.com hello there oh hello there welcome sir you're on the air so the thing with the um the, the prisons and things like that is the government's are just making martyrs out of people. Yep. Ross Ulbricht is a martyr, and people still love him and appreciate what he did with the harm reduction of the Silk Road. Mm-hmm. You are a martyr, and you are fighting your sentence, and that is a beacon of hope to everybody, okay. at least in my opinion. Well, thanks. That's I appreciate I it. Um, By the way, this- Ross Ulbricht is uh, posting to Twitter from inside of the prison, I presume. Is that actually him? I thought it was relayed somehow. I presume it's relayed. Yeah, I, okay. I, you're not going to get a Twitter app in I was going to say. Prison, like, but uh, he's probably, you know, calling or, or emailing or something. he's got a carrier pigeon that he writes things on <laughs> and whoever <laughs> receives it then tweets letter, it? He writes a letter to his mom and his mom goes for him. It's probably something yeah. like that. Yeah. But, uh, but the, somebody's posting for him and uh, I'll just give you a couple of his because I know he's in... I I don't know if it's Max or whatever, but he's in a pretty serious lockdown, and he's in federal in prison. federal prison. Uh, his- well, and and these these martyrs, as you call them, really do become sort of a benchmark because you know you know Trump can go on there and be like, yeah, I'm going to drain the swamp and freedom and all of that, and it's like okay, but how did you treat Ross Ulbricht? How did you treat Edward Snowden? Mm-hmm. How did you treat these these martyrs? Uh, there's a post here from May 16th, so just a few days ago that. That kind of plays into what we were just talking about. Ross says, uh, today I set a strong intention to win the day, and it's been going great. I got up early to meditate before they unlocked the cells. I stayed focused and upbeat. I got a lot done and tied up loose ends that have been nagging at me. Feels good. Nice. So it's it's not easy, especially in a case where, for Ross, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's the potential for a commutation at some point, if you can find some president to somehow be persuaded to do that, probably not going to be Joe Biden. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, but there's no end to his sentence. He has a double life sentence plus 40 years, so, so it so can horrible. be so easy 
to let that overwhelm you. And I know at times he has been pretty depressed about that. Uh, But here he is, you know, more than a decade into being behind federal prison bars. And he's still he's shifted his perspective. He's trying to stay as positive as he possibly can. And here he is 10 years in saying he's still having good. He's still able to have a good day. While I'm thinking about it, another uh, resource for our previous caller Mm -hmm. uh, might be talking to veterans who were POWs uh, who survived being a prisoner of war. Right. And find out what did you do? How did you occupy your time? How did you get by? And, you know, ask a bunch of different people. Somebody will resonate with you uh, and, you know, you'll get the answers you seek. And one of the things that I think about with Ross is that, I mean, sure, you you have absolutely been struck by your opponent, but you have already like the pivotal moment in which he created a marketplace for cryptocurrency has absolutely altered the course of history absolutely the the fact mm-hmm. that oh well what can you do with bitcoin the fact that someone answered what can you do with bitcoin Look the fact that do. ross albrook made this marketplace for this means that this got a chance to live and thrive and will one day take down the very system that is imprisoning yeah. him now yeah most importantly proving that uh Anarchism, in theory, uh, can be applied to practice successfully because cryptocurrency, a.k.a. Bitcoin, uh, is anarchic philosophically and mechanically, and it just works. Let's get into it here, uh, Peakless Mountaineer. You wanted to bring up El Salvador. This is the country that uh, made headlines in, I think it was September of 2021, Mm -hmm. when they adopted a legal tender status for Bitcoin, specifically Bitcoin, uh, not necessarily other cryptocurrencies. And they also only have the dollar prior to that. So they don't have mm-hmm. their own central bank currency at this point. They did at one point in the past. Yeah. They scrapped and, that. And since you uh, mentioned other uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, he has uh, the, uh, the guy who runs the country has uh, come out and said that, yeah, all of those are securities. So he agrees with Gary Gensler on that. No, those are all unregistered securities, whereas the one that I like... Is He's a not. dictator, by the way, this yeah. guy. This guy, is uh, his name is Naib Bukele. He's my favorite dictator. <laughs> There's not I really mean, a lot to a like about bar, him. You, but still. You, you have a list of favorite dictators? It's no, a it's list of one, one so far. Uh, okay, hey, but if more dictators want to start embracing Bitcoin, then they can compete with Naib Bukele for my favorite dictator status. He does uh, try to, uh, per, I guess, portray himself as this cool guy he like wears his hat backwards is he trying to be a crypto bro oh totally does he drive a lambo yeah it wouldn't surprise me but i don't know what he drives uh but anyway what's going on with regards to el salvador because so far the experiment hasn't really been a resounding success of bitcoin in el salvador no i'm not kidding you you kidding me dude the 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 murder rate's gone down by like 98 has nothing to do with bitcoin that has everything to do with Bitcoin. no it doesn't oh absolutely that has to do with them rounding up thousands if not tens of thousands of people and holding them with no trial in a terrorism facility prison look i'm not saying that didn't i'm not saying that that didn't contribute to this but the the major the, the biggest thing that that comes down to when, with crime is do you have something better to do? So if you are economically successful as a country, then your people have better things to do than just steal stuff. Now, 
with uh, with There's Bitcoin. There's not a lot of people using Bitcoin in El Salvador. Oh, that's completely beside the point. The fact is that this has generated a huge tourism industry for mm-hmm. him. So a, a an incredible amount of money is coming into the country because of all of the people who are interested in Bitcoin. So now they have uh, they're they're setting up uh, Bitcoin miners on this volcano. Mm, yeah, they're they're putting that. together didn't, the the financial infrastructure to. Didn't we have a, a guy on the news? Didn't he go to El Salvador? I think he did. Also, we talked to Mark Falzon. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, who yeah. spent a lot of time in there. In fact. He's been doing videos recently, kind of follow-up videos. So he went to El Salvador when it first started. He yeah. was there when, like, on the day that it went into effect, and was trying out the the government wallet, which is terrible, uh, called the Chivo wallet. Yeah. And and then he went back fairly recently and did follow-up interviews, just talking to kind of man on the street, asking people, you know, what their experience has been. There really wasn't a lot of. Uh, it didn't seem like it had had much of an impact at all on the average people there in el salvador and and i don't deny there are bitcoin bros or whatever that are going down there they're vacationing a there. tremendous Crypto amount tourists. of money i don't know yeah. how much money it is so i haven't heard yeah, there's about there's that. a oh you should look into it there's a tremendous amount of tourism that's being generated because of the bitcoin okay thing. so the tourist traps are doing better but the yeah. rest of the country just as screwed as, uh, as well always. so that's the thing if you increase the tourism of a country you increase the overall wealth of the country mm-hmm. and if you if you have a country that is doing well economically then it brings crime way way down and uh, i don't want to overlook the the generational impact right so if you have kids right now that are under uh, five right who've never touched a computer perhaps or or a cell phone uh when they get to like 18 right cryptocurrency is going to be mean more to them than it does to adults currently so Mm -hmm. el salvador adopting bitcoin as a currency Probably not going to have a lot of impact on the existing adults, except for early adopters and techies. And that's true. And like we see everywhere else. But yeah, the impact it's going to have on the children who are growing up with it, I think, will be far more impactful. I think that's true. And you can kind of see that in uh, Mark Falzon's recent documentary. I didn't watch the full length one, but he put out like a follow up one where he's just interviewing a lot of people on the streets. It is definitely the younger people who uh younger males of course who are interested in cryptocurrency they had positive things to say anyone who was over the age of 35 to 40 yeah just was not interested at all and all you gen xers the analogy here is it's like video games (laughs) Uh, your parents Mm -hmm. didn't have them but you did Mm -hmm. caller you're on free talk live what's your name bonnie bonnie you're on the air go ahead Yes, I'd like to find out more about this New Hampshire thing. Okay, what what about the New Hampshire thing? What are you? What have you heard well, about it? Who who would you talk to about it? Well, what is it that you're referring to? Uh, moving there. Oh, okay. Well, I would only talk to libertarians. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know anything about that. I've heard heard it said, but mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. All right, where do you where are you calling us from tonight, Bonnie? Virginia. Virginia. Now, um, how would you describe yourself politically? Well, I vote for Trump. Vote for Trump. Okay. And why yeah. why did you vote for Trump? Because he makes sense. Makes sense. He has common sense. Common sense. All right. So, where there weren't any particular policy positions or anything like that that 
that you were excited about. There's a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. He just, he does things with common sense. He wants to do the right thing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, there, there were a lot of things that uh, no other politician was willing to offer because that's part of their scam that he's like, well, but people really like X, Y, and Z, and none of you are going to seriously offer to do these things? Like, it's not that hard to talk to Russia and make peace, but they all work for the military-industrial complex. So well, when, he... when you try to talk to them, they just get mad. Yeah. Let me give they you a quick litmus test here, Bonnie. Um, how do you feel about ending the war on drugs? I like to stop it because I don't use drugs. My kids don't use drugs. None of that. And I don't want it around me. Okay, when you say you'd like to stop it, were you saying you want to stop people from using drugs or you want to stop the war on drugs? Stop them from being in this country. Stop them from... So, so throw drug users out of the... Happen. You want to throw drug users out of the country? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just want to tell you, Bonnie, well, you don't belong well, in New Hampshire. Well, I'm just going to go ahead right. and make that judgment here that you you should stay in Virginia and you and anyone who believes like you uh, that drug users should be thrown out of the country, you should stay right where you are. And if you're in New Hampshire already, you should plan to leave. Go ahead and move to Virginia. Move to Texas. Uh, it sounds like you belong in a conservative state. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, no. New well, Hampshire is the libertarian uh, homeland. It's the libertarian state. And and oh, on the okay. subject, as uh, as a libertarian, I'd like to to ask you about this. So, um, so where were you with the? Uh, where did you stand on the whole vaccination thing? I didn't get the vaccination. I didn't trust it. Well, mm, so okay. so here's here's my perspective. I agree on with that. you on that. Yeah, one. absolutely. Yeah. So from my perspective, I'm the one that should make all of my medical decisions. Right. Okay, so what if my medical decision is to smoke cannabis? No, I don't want to. I never have and never want to. And, and that's great for you. I think that you should make your decisions. And, like, if for some weird reason some politicians, like, I want to force everyone named Bonnie to smoke cannabis on Thursdays, I'd be against that. You know, if yeah. someone wanted to tell you, here's what you have to put into your body. And in the well, same way, crazy. I... Right. So now, in the same way that I get to decide whether or not this injection goes into me of this, you know, unknown substance, why shouldn't I also decide which drugs to use? Right. That's right. I have that right to decide for myself. Well, then then why don't drug users have the right to decide for themselves? Well, I'm sure they do, but I just wonder if they really realize what they're doing. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.